Second Samuel chapter 5, verse number 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines, everybody say all. Oh. Every last one of them. All the Philistines came up to seek David. David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. How many of you know God never has a doubt? Amen. Alright, verse 20, and David came to Belperazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters, like a dam that is broken, so to speak. Therefore he called the name of that place Belperazim, and there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. Let it be when thou hearest the sound of the going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, and then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gezer. I want to focus on verse 17 where it says, All the Philistines came up to seek David. And I, I want to preach on this thought when all at once meets the all in one. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Has there ever been a time in your life, just answer yourself, you don't have to raise your hand. Don't even have to say amen if you don't want to. <laughs> Has there ever been a time in your life where it felt like all of the enemies fought out all stops and showed up on your doorstep all at once? I'm talking about spiritually, I'm talking about mentally, I'm talking about emotionally, I'm talking about relationally, that's a big one. I'm talking about logistically, circumstantially, financially, physically, you name it. Just It seemed like all the devils were unleashed and showed up all at once. Have you ever been to the Sally Man? All right. So... If I'm talking to you, I hope God now got your attention. Because there are moments in our life where all at once the enemies show up. Right. And they have come with an assignment. In fact, the dilemma is that they are assigned assassins against the anointed of God. Yeah. And I repeat that. They are assigned assassins mm -hmm. to come up against the anointed of God. 
If you've ever been saved by the grace of God, and especially if you've ever been called to do a work for the Lord, and I believe every Christian's called, maybe not to pastor or teach a Sunday school class, but we all have a responsibility. Can I get an amen? amen. But if you've ever been called into the family of God and you commit yourself to the cause of Christ, at some point in your lifetime, before Jesus comes, there will be a day where every enemy will come in and try to overwhelm you with their pressure and with circumstances. Let me lay the groundwork for you. The Bible says that that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's kind of the concept of this carnal, this physical world is not our true enemy. This is just a manifestation of what happened first in the spiritual world. God said from his spirit and from his lips, let there be light, and then light appear. Now, the physical manifested because of what God said from his spiritual being. And you need to know that all things today that you see in the world are fruit and evidence of something deeper and more spiritual than what meets the eye. And a lot of times what we try to do is we try to fight the enemy on in the physical realm. We try to identify the problem that's why the addict can go to AA meetings. But if they never put their faith in Jesus, they most likely will never overcome their addiction because they're fighting it in the natural. They're fighting it with their body. They're fighting it with chemistry, maybe even with drugs or psychology or psychiatry. They're trying to fight it without a connection to their creator, which is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we got to learn the difference between the natural and the spiritual. But here's the tricky part. When all the enemies show up on your doorstep, you may not fight them in the flesh, but you will fight the flesh. But cause the enemy will use the natural to try to disrupt your spiritual being. He will try to manipulate circumstances to try to control your thoughts, to control your attitudes, to control or to diminish your faith. And if he can uh, use external circumstances to put enough pressure on you, to throw you off your game and to get your mind off Jesus, to get your mouth running off out of the word of God and saying things that y'all not to say, then the devil's got you because now he's got you fighting in the flesh instead of fighting in the spirit. Right. What you got to learn how to do is let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The Bible said, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What do you do when all of the enemies show up and they're trying to manip manipulate real life circumstances to throw you off spiritually? You've got to determine in your heart that you set your eye on the prize on the other side of those physical limitations and those physical real world problems and say, I, I might be in this water, but this water, uh, this ocean around me is not going to get in my 
my boat. Amen. And you can be in the world and you don't have to be of it. A, a, a ship can be in the midst of a sea, but as long as that sea don't get in the ship, it don't have to sink. Amen. And you can be surrounded by your enemies. That don't mean they have to get in your head. That don't mean they have to get in your heart. you got to determine that you're going to win the back victory through Jesus Christ and not let your external circumstances manipulate your spiritual walk with God. Amen. Amen. When they come in all at once, they're trying to throw you off. And I'll be honest with you, it's real easy to get knocked off course. Because the flesh is weak. The Bible says this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you know your flesh is weak? Amen. Amen. And so the devil is going to try to get you thrown off course. And then he's going to try to isolate you. And then he's going to try to back you into a corner. And then he's going to try to mess with your head and get you to thinking that you've uh, that there's no hope. And you might as well quit trying. And that's how come people flake off and get out of church. The devil tempted them and showed them, gave them enough reasons for them to start being convinced. Well, that church don't love me. That church don't have nothing for me. Why well, so-and-so said something that hurt my feelings. You may not even know that they may not even realize or had any intentions of hurting you at all. But the devil done come and twisted the words. By the time it left their lips and hit your ear, you hear something different than what their intent was. Now the devil's fighting you and trying to isolate you from the flock and isolate you from the very people that can help you grow in the Lord. Don't abandon ship because that's how the devil gets you. Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Stay hooked. Don't move. Now I'm laying the groundwork. When all at once meets the all-in-one. Amen. Yeah. I see several things here. Uh, we discussed the dilemma, which is that there are assigned assassins against God's anointed. But let me say this. I want to now point to the solution. The solution is singular. His strategies are multiple. Can I say that again? The solution is singular. His strategies are multiple. In fact, I will just point out that two times just in our text alone, the Philistines came up against David. And in both instances, God gave David a different strategy to mm -hmm. use. Right. You know why God never does the same thing twice the same way? Number one, he don't want us putting him in a box and controlling him and telling him what he can and can't do or what we want, we don't want to do for him. Can I get an amen? The other thing is the Lord knows that the enemy's smarter than most of us. And the enemy lost the first time. The enemy ain't going to use the same strategy. So neither should we use the same strategy. Why would you assume that the enemy will make the same mistake twice? But you know what's so sad? The enemy knows that some, for some of us, we'll make the same mistake over and over and over and over. He never has to change strategy on some of us. All he's got to do is that besetting sin. That's why the Bible right. says, let us lay aside the weight mm -hmm. and the sin. That, that means not everything that gets you out of church is necessarily a sin, but it's besetting. It's got you knocked off course, and then all of a sudden, because you've left the faith or you've left the church, now you are stepping in sin, and now the devil has ground to isolate you and destroy you. Uh-huh. The devil changes strategy, so God changes strategy, and you'll never get ahead of God. That's right. God can read you. God knows your thoughts when they're far off. Before you even have the thought, he already knows what you're going to be thinking. That's scary. People say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does, and that ought to frighten you. That's right. That ought to scare you to death. 
Because most of our hearts are wicked, yeah. desperately wicked, though like the Bible said, can I get an amen? Right. Yeah. Who can know it? Only God knows it. The, the Spirit searches the deep things, yea, the yes. deep things of God. Only the Spirit can dig deep enough to get to the root problem, which is deep down in the Bible says the Word of God is quick. That means it's a, alive and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and it's so sharp that it can pierce even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, yes. joints and mirrors, and is a discerner and knows the difference between both your thoughts and the intentions Amen. of your thoughts. Amen. You can think words in one way and have a completely different intention than the way those words came out. Absolutely. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm glad God knows the difference between our words and our intentions because men don't sometimes know the difference. <laughs> men will hear you say something and they'll take it completely different than the way you said it. They're looking for a reason to be offensive. They're looking for a reason to abandon shit. They're looking for a reason to, to ostracize you and get rid of you and blame you for the problem. Amen. So if they can just twist your word, they, they spent their days trying to catch Jesus in his word. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they did. Yes. Why? Because they wanted to twist them. Right. In fact, they presented false evidence. Everything about Jesus' trial and condemnation was illegally done. Mm -hmm. There was not an ounce right. of truth to any of those false accusations. While they claimed that he blasphemed God, how could God in flesh blaspheme God? They were ignorant and unlearned men that were full of hell. Amen. Because all they made their business about doing all was not knowing the truth, but twisting words to build their own platforms. And, and you better be careful how you run your mouth about God's children putting their motives in question when you don't know that God may be keeping record and hold you accountable for saying something about somebody that's not true just because you twisted their words and said something about them that they didn't mean. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about spiritual warfare this morning. Uh, we're, we're honoring our veterans because uh, many of them paid a great price for our freedoms. And I tell you something, a battle even more real than the wars America has fought over the years is the battle for men's soul. Amen. We're in a war this morning. This is not a, this is not a candy shop. Every morning. for candy, I ain't got none. I'm sorry. I don't have no sugar sticks. This is real. Amen. Souls are at stake. People are headed to hell and they're going to spend eternity there and we better wake up and get real with God. Amen. The church can't play games and pretend like we're okay when we're not. we got to learn how to do war. David said he teacheth my hands to war. Yeah. You know what God's trying to do for this church is teach us how to do spiritual warfare mm -hmm. and win yeah. the victory. Yeah. He wants us to win. Amen. Yeah. But it gets intense sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it gets scary. Sometimes he's going to test your faith and he's going to require you to step out on a limb. And it's going to feel like you're going to step out on nothing. But I like what one preacher said. Faith is like just stepping out on nothing and, and trusting that by the time your foot lands, God will put ground up under it. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Listen, I'm talking about living by faith <laughs> and not by sight. Learning how to do battle and listening to the voice of God. And God has some solutions for us this morning. I'm going to try to quickly run through these. I want to first notice in verse 17 the hole that David went down into. When David heard all the Philistines that gathered around, he went down to the hole. I like that, don't you? 
somebody if you don't first possess it yourself. Right. You have to acquire the asset, not unless you steal somebody's gift and give it to somebody else. Then you're a crook. Mm-hmm. Amen. If you don't do it right, yeah. you own it first, then you get it. 
Look at this exchanging of the hands of victory. You know why God can hand you victory? Because he's already won. He's already paid for it. It was won at the at, on the cross on Calvary's tree. Jesus shed His blood for all of mankind, and that blood alone had the power to give every victory you need in this life. It connects you to God. It gives you access to the throne of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, twenty four seven, three sixty five. We've been uh, uh, recently enjoying a, a show. We, we use filters like Ben Angel will use filters to watch them. So y'all don't touch them. Amen. If they cuss and I don't know because it's bleeping it all out. Y'all wish me say amen. Amen. But there's a series that they're doing right now called The Crown. It's all about the life of uh, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and all of the history involved and all of that. And it's interesting that they have protocol. You can't just waltz up into, right. into, uh, into, into the throne room, so to speak. You can't just waltz up in there into royalty and address anybody. You've got to have a certain protocol procedure. You've got to be approved. Did you know that when, when God poured out his wrath on his own son on the cross, and when Jesus cried, it is finished. And the veil was rent from the top to the bottom yes. in that temple. Yes. You know what that was? That was a two-way process. All of a sudden, God could rush to us from, from within the veil through the power of his son and meet us where we're at. But it also gives us direct access where we can walk right up into the presence of God. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. I'm glad I don't have to have an earthly priest to pray to to get my prayers up to God because God knows that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a mess in and of itself. They're just as much a sinner as I am. Maybe worse. I don't know. I mean, hearing what I'm saying, we better go to the only king, the only priest that is perfect in his name of Jesus Christ. And he gives us direct access. And not only that, we come to And he hears you immediately. He hears you before you pray. He knows you Sometimes he'll answer your prayer before you put in the form of prayer. There you go. Before you even pray and answer, I'm talking about a God that wants to help you win your battles. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. When all, at, when all at once meets the all in one. Yes. God is our shelter, number two. He is our source and strength. Because otherwise, how is he going to hand him that victory? I want to remind you of Joshua chapter 21, verse 44. After Joshua led the children of Israel into the land of Canaan, and, 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 and they whipped all the enemies, and they had a few hiccups, but they got over and got victory. Amen. The Bible said, verse 44, the Lord gave them rest right on the mouth, according to all that he sware unto their fathers, and their not a man of all their enemies before them. And the Lord delivered their enemies into their hand. I see not only the whole, but I see the hand of God at work. And I see that the Lord is our source and our strength for victory. If that excites you, say amen. Well, let me move on hurriedly to the third point. I see not only the whole, the hand, but I want to look at the heart of David whose heart is after the heart of God. David's heart is one with God. I want you to notice in verse 21, I believe it is, 
that uh, when they whipped the Philistines, that the Philistines left their images, the Bible said. That's their idols. Right. Watch what the Bible said. The Haven and his men burned them. Amen. <laughs> then my idol was probably valuable, monetarily speaking. I imagine that it was probably carved woods of uh, very articulate work and could have been exchanged for a lot of money in the uh, in the modern in those in those historical economic times. Maybe some of them were made of gold. I'm not really sure. I didn't do that much digging into the specific practices of the Philistines, but I do know this: that when you set up something as an idol, it's usually more than just a little rock or something. Yeah. You usually do something to it to modify it to make it look beautiful, to make it look something that attracts people to it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And David did not see any worth or value in these false gods because he knew the heart of God about it. Amen. You know what saddens me today is how many people sell out Jesus for an almighty dollar. Amen. How many people abandon ship with their faith just to get a pay raise? How many times people lie, cheat, and steal and, and do somebody dirty to compete for the next uh, promotion? And they call themselves Christians. How many times people will flat out lie about their income so they don't have to pay taxes on them? Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you'll, you'll sell your integrity just for a little more money. And you don't know that you and your money is going to perish because you don't understand that God's heart is pure and He wants you to trust Him and not the things that you can hold in your hands. Amen. The preaching about money, you make a lot of Americans mad. Right. I, I know we all need money to live. Uh, there's no, hey, you know what the Bible says that love of money is the root of all evil. Amen. Now, you know how you love money? You know you love it when you do anything for it. Amen. Yep. You love money when you do anything for it. When you put money above everything. That's how you know you love money. All right? So I, I like it pretty good. I don't love it. I like it pretty good. That's, that's, that's yeah. more, that's, they think they're on the edge of disaster. Right there. I ain't going to lie. I like money too because I like to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I like to pay my bills. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Uh, I don't, nobody likes poverty, but my Lord help us, Jesus, not to get so focused on money that we forget the main thing of Jesus. Yeah. And that the Lord is our provider. And we can, listen, I'm trying to teach, raise my children and teach them that they can do right and still be successful. Amen. That you don't have to do what corporate America does and right. corporate America will chew you up and spit yes, you out sir. and forget about you if it increases the bottom line. Amen. For them. But listen, God can teach you integrity and teach you how to build a business that honors God and treats people right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And whenever you put Jesus first, you'll learn to love people along with Jesus and you'll treat people right and you'd rather make less profit and have character than to have all the money that you can possess but completely lose your character. God shows us here the heart of David. He burned them idols up. He knew God was against them idols. He burned them up. He didn't even ask for a vote on it. He didn't say, what do y'all think we should do? Maybe we should have a fundraiser sell and raise money for the temple. You hear what I'm saying? No, he burned them up. Why are we negotiating with the enemy nowadays? Why are we, why are we, uh, why are we accommodating so many things 
that ring the church and bleed the church into the world system. Listen, are you hearing what I'm saying? We've got to get back to the main thing, which is keeping Jesus and the heartbeat of God at the forefront of our thoughts. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. So we see the heart. You know, the Bible said he was a man after God's own heart. Psalm 25, 24 said, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. He will show them his covenant. You, you, you want God to show you his covenant? You know what a covenant is, don't you? So we think of it as like a wheel. You know what you do with a wheel, don't you? Huh? When somebody leaves you a wheel, that usually means a transfer of wealth. Oh, yeah, a wheel. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, that usually means a transfer of property. Bible says if you'll if you'll make the Lord your if, if the secret of the Lord is within the fear of him, and he will show them his covenant. You want God to take care of you, learn from him instead of him. Right. Right. God will let you tap into his treasure. Right. And he'll do things that'll blow your mind. Absolutely blow your mind. Can I testify from just a second? Yep. This year alone. I have borrowed in excess of $16,000 to carry the weight of financial obligations from personal friends with no idea how I was going to pay them back. And God put it on the people's hearts to forgive the debts. I had no idea that was going to happen. I did have a plan to pay it back. I just didn't know exactly how quick it would happen. But I didn't know when I borrowed it that God already had a plan to fix it. Are right, you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. You know what God will do for you if you'll make Him your Lord and your Savior? He'll take care of you. Amen. Amen. And sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it's a real close call. Sometimes, I mean, you're not going to avoid all strife and, and contention. But if you just trust Him, He'll get you through the battle. Amen. But you can't sell out to this world. And you can't lose your character. In the process, you can't abandon your convictions in the process. Well, I gotta eat, so I, I guess I'll do what it takes. No, you better not. That's right. You better do what it takes to serve God until He shows you a better way. Amen. That's right. So we see the heart, the hearing. Look at verses 22 through 24. I'm just going to focus on one part. Actually, it says, "Let it be when thou hearest." God told David, when you hear the noise of a rustling in the tops of the mulberry trees, yes. he said, I want you to listen for my cue. You know what that's a type and a picture of? The Holy Spirit of God. Yes. That's a type and a picture of listening for the voice of the Lord to give you direction. Psalm 119 and 97, the psalmist said, Oh, how I love Thy law, it is my meditation all the day long. This shows us that uh, we, this shows us the Lord David's spokesman. I said that right, David's spokesman. Right. I'm talking about the all-in-one. He's your everything. Yes. David's sitting there waiting for orders from the Lord. Amen. You know what we do sometimes? We get in a hurry. Yeah. Take matters in our own hand before God says something. But you have need of patience. Yes. Why do we have need of patience? Because God ain't working on our timetable. Right. We gotta wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I'd sing it if I could. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage. Mm -hmm. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Is this helping anybody? Amen. I want you to know that if you wait on Him, listen. In order to listen to God, you got to shut out other noises. Amen. Turn the YouTube off. Amen. Turn the Facebook off. That's the reason Jesus said praying in the closet. I may not, you may not literally, but if you have to literally do it, you know, Jesus said, then get in your closet. Yeah. What he's saying is there's a private place you need to find where you shut the whole world out. That's right. So that you can hear the voice of God. That's right. Because God knows that the frame that you're made of and I'm made of. Yes. That if we don't isolate ourselves from all the distractions, we'll never hear from them because we're too busy answering the phone, texting, tweeting, or whatever. Doing our thing. God help us to slow down to hear his voice. Yes. Yes. But you know, if you listen for God long enough, he'll start speaking. Amen. God can say something that he's been prepared, preparing from before the beginning of time to tell you. A word fitly spoken, like apples of gold and pictures of silver. Don't miss your moments because you're too impatient. It's better to want something you don't have than to have something you don't want. Singles, don't just rush off into marriage because you want to be married. They ain't going to feel no holes in your heart. I want to feel a hole in your heart of Jesus. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Wait. Lust can be simply defined as getting your blessing too soon and out of order. Walk the good stuff of life without the boundaries that God set up to protect you from how dangerous they can be when you don't listen to His voice. All of my sons are old enough to drive. But if I started throwing car keys at them when they were five years old, y'all thought I was nuts. <laughs> Why? Any blessing too soon will destroy you. We're trying to destroy ourselves. Going after through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the fight of life. Can't slow down for a minute. Slow down and listen for God's voice. Wait for His call. Yes. I'm preaching with this because God has forced me. Have you ever had God put you in a hole in heaven? Kind of like Isaac. Tied up on the altar. You ever felt tied by God? Tied down. Not know what's fixing to happen. Not being able to do nothing about it. Just talk to the Lord. All you got is a prayer and a Bible. You ain't got nothing else. You ain't got nobody else. You're in a good place. It may feel lonely, it may, it may hurt, but sometimes you might even get angry at God because I feel like God ain't doing much and feel like God. But you wait on the Lord and be of good courage. God will strengthen you one day. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Bible says God gives power to get wealth. Oh, yeah. And until God's ready for you to get wealth and sit child, he ain't gonna give it to you. God gives the power. And before you criticize a Christian who's doing pretty good, you better realize God gave him that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just telling you the Bible. That's right. All the Christians, want, all the poor broke Christians want to criticize all the rich Christians. Well, they just have the money. No, God blessed them. That's right. God blessed them. And y'all thank God for the blessings and cursing them in your mouth. 
You thank God for what others, the success others have before you have it. Maybe God will give you a little success. Mm-hmm. Attitude and gratitude. Yeah. And everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Concerning you, wait on the Lord and listen for his voice. And God will speak sooner or later. He'll speak to you. Say, so well, how does God speak? Brother Mason, where you at, buddy? Raise your hand. I'm a lost track. There you are. You know, Brother Mason asked me yesterday. He said, uh, how do you know when God's speaking to you? That's a deep question for a young, young man. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know what I did? I started teaching a little bit. I said, you start with the Bible. Amen. And when you open your Bible before you start reading, you ask God for the speak to my heart. That's right. That's right. Sooner or later, things will start coming to you that you're like, where is this coming from? And that's the Lord making things real to you. Helping you understand things that you didn't have a natural way of understanding. That's the voice of God. Are you the book? Everybody says, I want to hear from God. Nobody wants to spend time in the Word. Everybody wants to hear from God. Nobody wants to come to church faithfully. Everybody wants to hear from God, but they don't want to hear it through their preacher because the preacher is going to step on their toes and they don't like that. They want some version of God that lets them, uh, liberates them to live the life that they want and leaves them comfortable in their sin. But God ain't going to leave you in your mess. He's going to fix it for you so he can give, he can give you a blessed life. Amen. And he's going to send a preacher to tell, talk to you from time to time. Like it or not, it's God's Biblical prescription for your spiritual growth is called C-H-U-R-C-H Church. And it sets some pastors and some evangelists. Are you with me? Say amen. If you're not under the the authority of a Holy Ghost-filled pastor, then you're out of God's will as a Christian. Amen. Do I need to say it again? I'm not trying to be hard on you. I'm just being honest. We've got to get over ourselves. This, this lone ranger Christians and say, I don't need church and I don't need Christians. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. There's a country writer that wrote a song like that. Yeah. I doubt he's even saying, I don't know if he's saying or not, but that sure doesn't sound like something the Bible told him. You and Jesus ain't got nothing going on. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father. But by me, you better just get with the program and find out what Jesus said doing and get to doing it. We need the church. You need a preacher. Yes. Amen. So before you eat me for lunch, you better pray for me because there might come a day when you're going to need to call me at 3 o'clock in the morning and you don't need me to wrestle through bitterness and hatred or strife or bad feelings because of the way you've been trashing my family. Now I'm trying to help you and I'm having to fight through them because you've been having me for lunch. Amen. You're going to need a preacher one day. You better take good care of them. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm going to try my best to love you anyway. I'm going to try my best to forgive you anyway. But don't make it any harder to put, put the preacher through grief. There's going to come a day you're going to need the very preacher you're running down and you're talking about. Amen. You might as well learn how to get with the program and let God bless you through the man that he sent to you. That's not in my outline, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how to talk over here, but I'm here. <laughs> Oh, I always preach this kind of message that they will put our visitors to the test on. <laughs> I love everybody. I love you enough to tell you what it needs to be said. That's right. We need a preacher. Yes. We do. <laughs> Don't say you'd have to like me. But you can pray for me. You love me, can't you? That's right. I'll do my best to be saying for you, amen. Right? Yeah. Talking about listening for the voice of God. He's going to speak to you through the Word. He's going to speak to you through His Holy Spirit. He's going to speak to you through preaching. 
And David had to listen when on God's cue he moved. And that's what I try to do right now. I try when God says go, I go. With little to no hesitation, if I can go. Because I when I hear from God, I got his okay on me. God's already approved it, or he wouldn't have told me to do it. Why would you want me to disobey God and, and check it with you first? Yeah. And let you tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. If I should do it a different way God told me to do it. Right. Why don't I just obey God and watch what God does to bless? Amen. And I give you the same liberty. God tells you to start a ministry. I'm going to fan the flame. I'm going to help any way I can. Are you, are you with me this morning? Yeah. We see the heart of David. We see the hearing of of David. This shows us the Lord is his spokesman. And uh, so let's see, let me review. The Lord is a shelter. The Lord is a source of strength. The Lord is a secret. The Lord, hey Amen. I've got a secret weapon in the name of Jesus. Right. I, the Lord is his spokesman. This is the last point. I'm going to let you go to the house. I see a hastening. David did so as the Lord had commanded. Verse 25. Yes. No hesitation. No reservation. You know, I think every Christian ought to have an attitude of, I think you should be like a, a racehorse. You know how racist horses are, they're just waiting for that gate to open. Yeah. And as soon as that gate's open, they shoot off. You know what the problem with most Christians is? They don't have a heart of a racehorse. They have a heart of a turtle. When the gate opens, they just sit right there and say, oh, I have to move? <laughs> and we have our theme song for the Laodicean church. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Yeah. God wants you to have the heart of a racehorse. That, yes. that you're so eager to get in the race that if God will say go, you'll be saying, what can you do? I get to serve Jesus. Hallelujah. God going to give me a privilege to do what I want to do for him. I don't understand Christians that don't get excited about serving God. I don't relate to that. Yes, I'm on fire. Yes, I'm eager beaver. That's because God put something in me. I guess he gave me a racehorse heart. I don't know. But I can't just sit around and twiddle my thumbs and wait for Jesus to come while the world passes by and goes straight on into hell. i got to throw up every sign I can and say, hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you need Jesus before you perish. Amen. we got to make it loud and But we have so stagnated the progress and the ability for the church to move that, that we're kind of like a, a, a bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah. So much paperwork and red tape yeah. that you might want to, you know, there's literally a church in Noxipater, Mississippi. I shouldn't call them city, but at least I won't say the name of the church. <laughs> They, they, they had the money 30 years ago to build a family life center while the house was full of kids. They decided they might need that money one day, and the kids grew up and left, and now the church has diminished, and they still have a life, uh, family life center. And now the church is, where's that? If you want a church to grow, 
You better loosen your fingers from your money when God tells you to give it. And the church better loose their fingers from the purse of the church when God says invest and learn how to invest in this generation and be more quick to obey than to second guess whether we heard from God. God must not be in that because God wouldn't tell us to spend that much money. How do you know God wouldn't tell us to spend that much money? And just for clarity, I have no agenda in my mind right now. I'm not setting you up to ask you to spend a lot of money on any particular program. This is a principle. That if we don't get down, why would God ever give us a challenge and a, a reason to invest? If we have the attitude, we'll never spend it anyway. God does not trust opportunity to people that waste it. That's right. And if you want the church to grow, you're going to have to be willing to be eager and to uh, uh, assume the responsibility of being aggressive with the opportunities that God sends your way. Amen. 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 So we don't have time to second guess the voice of God. Amen. And, and while I'm at it, can I just go in there with you? You say, I'm going to begin or not. I <laughs> to say next. I'm not a pope. Right. You have a walk with God just like I do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yes. And you can hear from God just like me. Yes. That's right. And I acknowledge that I'm not always going to get things right. Yes. I am human and subject to life passions just like Elijah was. <laughs> I'm liable to be up today and depressed tomorrow trying to find my juniper tree and ask God to just take me on. Yeah. That's how vulnerable this flesh is. Yeah, right. But can I tell you something? When I know God's spoken to me yeah. and I tell that to the church, I don't need anybody in the church without Bible telling me why I'm wrong. Amen. If you disagree with the leadership that I know the Holy Spirit has put in my heart to present to the church, and I'm not going to ramshot anything through. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and I'm going to try to be a gentleman too. All I can do is tell you what I believe God's saying to do, and the church has to decide collectively whether they're willing to do it or not. All I can ask you to do is trust the process as the Holy Spirit leads, and be careful to not buck against what the Lord is trying to say through His servant, His leader servant, because listen, God does still speak Specifically, specifically to his pastor, specifically about things that he don't always speak to you about. And there's a reason for that. It's not because I'm a better Christian than you. It's just an allotment. God just—it's a position. It's a call. And God tells me things, and I know things. And I, I talk to more people in church than you. I, I'm more sensitive to the nuances of the life of the church than many of you are. You, you may think you know a lot more than me, but God gives me a lot of insight. You get know what I'm saying? I know things I wouldn't dare tell you because of the breach of confidentiality. And sometimes it's better to just trust what God's doing rather than run your mouth and find out later. The only reason preacher never told you any more details is because he couldn't because of, because of a violation of privacy. Something. Why would you harass somebody when you don't know half the story? Amen. Amen. I'm just trying to be real this morning. That's right. We gotta hear from God. And God's gonna to speak to your preacher. Yes. Yes. He's gonna speak. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And I'm gonna do my best to be in line with that book. Mm-hmm. My caution is this. Check me with that book. Yes. And if you can't Amen. prove that I've gone off the rail with that book. 
then just put me in God's hands and trust me with it. I'm not asking for I'm not asking for totalitarianism. We just want vote. Don't threaten me. I'm gonna push you to a vote. You don't have to. I'm gonna do that anyway. We're gonna do that anyway. I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. We have to vote. We got to be in agreement with one another. There's got to be. I understand all that. But if we don't lose this attitude, of, you know, we got to check the preacher at every point. He's fixing to run this thing off the rails. If we don't keep them close and keep them tight. Listen, where did you get that distrust? You know, I know all preachers can't be trusted. But let me tell you something. I want you to know that I want to earn your trust. Amen. And I don't know how to do it any more than what I'm doing. Yes. Right. Amen. Amen. I'm not perfect. Lord, I done got up in big water. Yeah. This one's called church shop. Yeah. <laughs> this is good for us. Yeah. I want to learn to trust you. And I want you to learn to trust me, but we're both going to have to have that as a goal. And sometimes you're going to just have to take a little risk to see if the trust is worth giving. And then you'll find out. Well, if you make a mess out of that, or is God blessing you? One of the ways you know God's blessing your pastor is if what God's leading me to do, God puts his hand on it. I'm not saying I've done everything right, but I will say this, God bless him right here. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'm going to try that again. Amen. This time if you believe it, say amen. I believe God bless him right here. Yes. Yes. You believe that? God be the glory, great things He hath done. Yes. But here's the thing: we've got to tune our ear to the hearing of the voice of God. Yes. And that's the secret to winning the battles. Everybody stand your feet. Yes.